everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Running Realtor Podcast. I am Joe Fairchild, the Running Realtor, and it is episode number nine. So uh, last week of April, we're going to cover a bunch of different topics here today, and, and hopefully some of it helps you, and hopefully uh, some of it helps uh, you understand the real estate market and where we're headed and what we're doing. And if you plan on... Uh, selling or buying a home here in the near future, maybe some of this information will be helpful to you. So today we're actually going to cover about five different topics really quick and, and send you on your way and hopefully uh, hopefully help you out. First one, there's, believe it or not, the um, mortgage industry, besides the fact that everybody thought we were going to see rates increase, and they have a little bit, we haven't seen the increase quite as deep as we as much as we thought. And after the initial shock of the rate increase, Rates have gone down, so it's still a good time to buy. Believe it or not, it's going to be it's going to be a good time to buy for a long time because until we get to the historically you know normal averages of seven eight percent, it's still a good time to buy a home, especially if, if values continue to rise. So we're going to talk a little bit about where the mortgage savings are going because the adjustable rate mortgages are resetting. We're going to talk a couple different times about first time buyers and some of the things that. Uh, Number one, what you can expect for a down payment percentage, and then number two, on we'll come up to it in a little bit here, is uh, five things I think you should be looking at when you're a first-time home buyer, or five things to think about when you're a first-time home buyer. We're going to cover week 16 numbers for Anaheim Hills, and uh, see how that's going, and then also uh, talk a little bit about the President Trump's uh, long-awaited tax plan came out, tax cut came out the other day, and. According to the National Association of Realtors, they're not too fond of it. I'm not really sure why from reading it so far and from what we know. It, it's, hard to, it's hard to get to the point where they're getting at on it, but they've made some, a lot of comments about it. So we'll talk about that here in just a second. But first, you know, I got I to gotta kind of rant here a little bit, and I hate to do it, but realtors are really starting to drive me crazy, and I am one, so that's kind of scary, but... I, I, I think we need to find a way to get away from the focusing on the numbers. And, and yeah, my, my job is to sell homes. My, my job is to, you know, help buyers find homes. But I think we get so locked up in the, in the focusing on what our gross commission incomes are or how many homes we sold last year or what our sales were, you know, based off of the home values last year that we forget to, that we've lost sight of what our job is. And, I'm helping this couple from Texas try to relocate out here from California, and they're going to rent for a year. And we submitted an application about three weeks ago, and I submitted it to the agent like I was supposed to, and I followed up with an email and didn't get a response, didn't get a response, followed up with a text, didn't get a response, followed up with a phone call, didn't get a response. Now, this is over a day or two. So then again, I followed up with another text just to kind of the next morning just to kind of see what's going on. And I got the reply back, well, I get hundreds of emails every day, so I missed that one. And then it was impossible to get a response from her. So then we put a deadline on it and didn't get and didn't get a response for the deadline, got excuse after excuse for why she hadn't responded. So then we went to the next one, and I, I had called this guy and texted him and trying to see this home several times for my clients and couldn't get a response. So I decided I was going to text from my wife's phone, which is a totally different area code, and got immediate response. So then I couldn't get a response on where to send the application to the email. So I texted from my wife's phone, got immediate response. Now I know why. It's because this home doesn't he it doesn't have um, 
it's not paying out a commission to an agent, which I don't care. My job is to help my clients find a home in California. My job is not to worry just about my commissions. I'll make it up somewhere else. I'll get I'll get the commission somewhere when I go. But let's find a way to get this home, a home for these people. And so then I submitted the application and said, you know, just wanted to check and see, you know, when we could get a response back and didn't get any answer. So I texted, I emailed, I called. Finally, I said, okay, Wednesday, you get a response. Wednesday came, Wednesday afternoon, texted, called, said, hey, you know, we're any chance we can get an answer? Didn't get an answer, didn't get an answer. Called this morning, didn't get an answer. Got a text back, said, I'll meet with the owners. I'm like, do your job. Do your job and, and talk, return calls. That's what we're about. We need to communicate with people. We don't need to just sit there and, and focus on ourselves. We need to be able to communicate with people. If we can't communicate with people, if you're not going to communicate with another fellow agent, whether it be email if you're concerned about talking to them, then do it, ver- do it whatever way you need to. But if you don't want to talk on the phone, then send them an email and say, you couldn't, you know, I can't get back to you right now. Here's my answer. It's simple. It's not that hard. It's what our job is. All right, I'm done bitching. I, I hope I'm done bitching. I hope we can figure out a way in this industry to, to f- try to find a, to do a better job than what we're doing right now because it's not we're not doing we're not working for the people right now. And when that happens, you start to lose business. So, uh, and that's and they wonder why the Zillows and the Trulias and the and the sites like that are, are taking over because. People are tired of not getting treated properly by agents, so they're going to the place where they can get treated properly. All right, so talked earlier when I first came on about how mortgage rates have continued to go down, which is shocking compared to where they where they were um, last year. They're still a little bit higher, but compared to where they were earlier this year, they've actually gone down. And so with that, when the adjustable rate mortgages are resetting, they're resetting lower, which is adding, you know, it's... it's um, it's adding, like I said, the resetting lower, and it's adding to borrowers about fifteen percent of their payments. They've been able, well, they've been able to increase their spending by about fifteen percent because um, that's their savings with the reset on the lower mortgage on the lower interest rate. And we're talking about four hundred eighty-eight bucks a month. So, um, J.P. Morgan Chase Institute did a quick little study to find out where that money's been going, and a lot of it has been going back to home improvements, which is a good thing because it's good and bad. Because when you do home improvements, um, you're not likely to you're not likely to move anytime soon, so it's bad for a guy like me, but it's good for the home and it's good for the homeowner to, you know, they're happy with their home, so they're going to make some improvements instead of thinking of it as an investment and trying to find a way to make the most money out of it and get out of the, get out of the house later on, which is kind of what got us into the problem in the early 2000s. So the problem with it is the second thing they've been doing is they've been spending it on retail purchases, which is always bad because we as a society here in the United States have a have some of the lowest savings on record um, and, or percentage of savings on record. So we're not really, we're not really prepared for uh, you know, another recession or downturn in the economy with our savings. So that's, you know, that's the bad part about it. But glad to see they're putting it back into homes because that's where it should be going or, or saving it or using it for you know, putting it away for the rainy day, as my parents used to say. So Good news on that one. So hopefully if rates continue to stay right where they're at or go down a little bit more, we'll see some more resettings and some more money added to the economy, which only helps when you're uh, when you're redoing your home or adding to the home improvement. So, um, hey, speaking of mortgages, and I know that sounds cheesy to go right into that, but, you know, in adjustable rate loans, if you're thinking about refinancing or you're getting ready to buy a home, 
I want to invite you to call a friend of mine. His name is Mark Koenig, and he owns Koenig Mortgage. And Mark is a local guy that who I've known for a few years, and he's a local friend and a guy that's been helping homeowners and home buyers since 2003. So if you're thinking about doing it, I invite you to give him a call at 714-290-4689 or go to KoenigMortgage.com and just check out check with Mark and see what he can possibly do for you to to help you out if you're going to refi or if you're thinking about buying something and you need a loan because he's a good guy and he does some really good work and you know pretty much all of his uh all of his new business is from referrals so that's something to tell you about um story number two we wanted to talk about here a little bit about if you're a first-time buyer and you're listening to this podcast there's a 32 percent chance or let's see let's try that again if you're listening to this podcast and you're uh, buying a home there's a 32 percent chance or one-third percent chance i should say that you're a first-time buyer and with millennials finally breaking out and their and the fear of rising interest rates we're seeing a big big push from this group which is great to see because you need that constant new business to come in you need you know millennials are the ones that have been kind of hanging on the sidelines and not really getting into the housing market yet a lot more happier renting and, and doing things like that. So it's good to see they're entering the market. And, you know, that can only help the market, hopefully, and especially if they stay there. And, and if they're with the fear of infl- interest rates going up and this group finally getting the market, um, you know, it, you're going to see you're going to see a lot of improvements in the in I think in not only in values, but in in uh, the number of sales going on, which, again, helps the economy because that gives sellers more money to spend and gives buyer, you know, buyers are going to do more for their home once they move into it. So, um, but the good news for you, if you're a first time buyer with the changes going on at Freddie and Fannie, there's a six, 63% of first time home buyers put down anywhere from zero to 6%. Now that's huge because I know talking to, uh, 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 the son of a friend of mine, you know, he's asking, you know, what do I got to do? How do I start saving for down payment? And everybody's afraid of that 20% mark, which you know, geez, if you're talking about if you're talking about a you know six hundred thousand dollar home, just say let's just say a four hundred thousand dollar home in Southern California, you're talking about you know eighty thousand dollars that you need to have in order to put a twenty percent down payment on that. But if you look at you know let's just say four hundred thousand dollar home, and you're you're going to put down a three percent loan, you know down payment, you're talking about twelve thousand. That's a big difference. And if first time buyers can get into a home. For twelve thousand versus eighty thousand, that's gonna. Yes, their their payment. They're gonna have a. They're gonna have a lot more. You know, they're not gonna have as much um, equity in the home in their early start. But if they stay in it for a few years, they're gonna make that money up, and they're gonna be able to get into the home, which is key. And it's scary because only thirteen percent of those age thirty four or younger believe that they can purchase a home with a down payment of five percent or less. So. We got to start getting this information out there because people need to know that they can they can buy a home for less than twenty percent down or even less than ten percent down. Just think of a you know a four hundred thousand dollar home. Even ten percent is forty thousand bucks that they got to put down. So and they used to think about you know the parents being able to give them that as a gift, especially if they got married or something. But you know with the recession that hit in '08. There's not a lot of parents out there that have a lot of money to, you know, give that as a gift. Hopefully there's more of it, but, you know, just look at it that way. So look at, if you're thinking about, or if you want to buy a home and you're not sure what to do, the first thing you always need to do is talk to a loan, is talk to a loan guy. 
Call a guy like Mark Koenig. Call somebody that you your family knows and talk to them about what do you need to do to qualify for a loan. Where do you need to get the money from? How much you need to get? And they can find the creative ways to help you get a loan that you may not have been aware of in the in originally. So it's all stuff that, you know, there's there's plenty of creative ways to help you find a loan for, you know, 3% down that, that'll really help you out and, and helps get the market going. So also, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, it says, hey there, but I'm not going to do that because I'm not that cheesy. But May 13th is right around the corner, and it's a great opportunity for you to, number one, come out and see me because I'll be there. But also get in a little bit of exercise, raise a little bit of money for the uh, find a cure for pulmonary hypertension. So what I'd like you to do is it, when you get a chance, go to taylorswish.org and sign up to do the 5K in honor of Tay, which is on May 13th here in Anaheim Hills. Great little fun run. They have a great little uh, family area before and after the uh, before and after the race. And it's it's you know when I say it's a family run, it's truly a family run. You'll see a ton of families out at this run. Of course, you'll see the guys that come out and want to run and and you know do it because they're they're into running. But this is a great little atmosphere. They usually have a couple rows of you know different vendors out there. I'll be there to talk about you know real estate and. They'll have people out there that'll have food samplings from like Chick-fil-A. I think Chick-fil-A is going to be out there again. So there's tons going on, uh, silent auction, all kinds of things out there that you can get involved with. And it's a, not only is it a great and fun run, but it goes to a great cause, uh, especially to honor a little girl that I knew um, for just a short period of time. But if you can, like I said, May 13th, taylorswish.org. And it's just a great little 5K in honor of Tay. And the, the parents have done this since the year after their daughter died. And, you know, I, I don't know too many people that would immediately look to find a way to to help raise money for something like that after after losing their daughter, but they have. And so there's some great people. So come on out, meet um, Sherry and Mark and, and, sorry, Sherry and Michael. I don't know, I got Mark on my brain because of Mark Koenig. But Sherry and Michael, and come on out and see them and see what they're doing and see what you can do to help as well. All right, so let's go on to our next one. Week 16, we're almost a year through, we're almost a third through this year, believe it or not, with week 16 having ended. And the market continues to stumble, especially here in Anaheim Hills. Not a lot going on, not a lot being sold. Some here and there, but you know, nothing going crazy, not like we would expect it at this point in time. Um, and I don't think anybody can honestly say, know what our markets are going to do. But in my gut, it just tells me that we're going to continue to bounce around like this. And there's always going to be a feeling of uncertainty. I think that goes back to uh, political reasons as well as financial. So until we get to the point where we feel a little bit more secure with what's going on, I don't think we're going to we're going to see the market really take off like everybody's been expecting with that little bit of uncertain uncertainty. But my babbling's done. So let's go ahead and take a look at the numbers. So let's see. There were 16 new listings last week in Anaheim Hills. Five of those were attached, you know, condos or townhouses. The, number, the 16 listings were right around with where we've been for the previous updates, so that's not a real big shock. On average, the homes were listed for $837,000, or about $358 a square foot, $279,000 per bedroom on average, which is you know different ways you can look at it, especially if you're a seller and you're trying to figure out what your home is worth. Square footage is a pretty good barometer, and the and the sales per bedroom is a pretty good barometer. So $358 per square foot. $279,000 per bedroom, although that uh, number per bedroom is a little steep in comparison to recent sales. 
So I'm going to kind of expect we're going to see those homes stay on the market for a little while or or the realtors are going to have to be really aggressive with the pricing to, to get those sold. And to add to that, there's 105 current active listings with an average price of $1.1 million in Anaheim Hills. And again, $374 per square foot, $276,000 per bedroom, which again explains why, you know, they're on, on average, they're on the market for 61 days, so they're a little bit high. And uh, so we're going to, that's why you're going to see those homes kind of hover around there for a little bit until people start to get a little bit more aggressive with where we're going. As for the homes that sold, there were twelve on average. There were twelve last week with an average price of six hundred sixty-seven thousand um, dollars, which comes about three hundred sixty-four dollars per square foot. So there you see a little bit drop in uh, the the prices per square foot, and um, the big number is per bedroom. It was only about two hundred twenty-two thousand dollars, which explains why those houses were only on the market for about twenty-five days, uh, which is. Compared to some of the other numbers we're gonna, we've seen here recently, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good time frame there to only be on the market for 25 days. So let's see, homes that closed escrow there were 15, a little bit over 10.6 million dollars in value for those 15 homes that closed. Again, when we talk about you know price per square foot, if you remember we were talking the homes that came on the market were 358 per square foot. These homes that sold were 350, but the difference is the price per bedroom. The price of the homes that closed escrow were two hundred thirty-six thousand per bedroom, and these homes were only on the market for thirty-four days. Where again, we were talking two seventies for the homes that just came on the market and the homes that have been sitting on the market for a while. So, uh, a big difference there. So, pretty good numbers, you know. Again, not I. Let me scratch that. Not pretty good numbers. Pretty basic numbers. I'd like to see more activity at this point. We haven't gotten to that point yet. So, give a little bit more activity. Um, and then we'll, you know, kind of see what goes on. Also, if you'd like to get more info on the market for your city, I invite you to go to my website at buyinochome.com and check out my blog where you can see or read or whatever you like to do, my weekly market update for the North Orange County. Or, you know, you can feel free to text me at 714-883-1656 or send me an email to josephlfairchild at gmail.com and ask me, you know, what's going on in my city and I'll send you a quick report. It's really not that bad. So, and, and I don't, I don't use any of the information to send to third parties, so I'm not going to bombard you with uh, with ads from other people or subscriptions to other things. So feel free to send me a text or send me an email. and Or if you like, you can even give me a call. That one works too. All right, so yesterday, President Trump delivered his long-awaited tax plan. And as usual with anything that Trump does, it's... Uh, it's being pounded, but homeowners may not be happy with uh, with it at all, according to the Nas- National Association of Realtors. According to the NAR, um, because this new tax plan would eliminate everything but the mortgage interest deduction and those that encourage charitable giving, the benefits of owning a home would be offset by eliminating the rest of the deductions. But you know what? I, first of all, I didn't get that out of reading the story, and I think it's a big reach to get to that point to say that it's going to hurt homeownership. I realize I'm not the president of the National Association of Realtors, so you know I may be stepping out of line. But I think you got to clean up the tax codes, and I think you got to make them so that everybody understands them, and get them to where we don't feel like everybody's getting away with something, and we're the only ones that's paying our full, our fair share of taxes. So I applaud them for for cleaning that up and eliminating a lot of loopholes. And I think yeah, there will probably be some impact to people going in the early stages, but I think eventually we can get to the point where we make this all work for everybody. So 
we'll have to, I think we got to kind of wait and see where the final cuts are made and how they impact real estate. But, you know, again, in the early part, I applaud this president and any president that actually sits down and, and tackles the tax code and tries to clean it up a little bit. So, all right, let's go ahead and finish this, today's episode up by talking about the top five things that first-time home buyers can do to really help their chances this spring. And the first thing, I, you know, you hear this, but you don't really think about it. Um, you know, work on your location. Before you start shopping, figure out what the highest priorities are to you and, and help you find what you're going to get from there. You know, if, if you want to be close to a freeway and, you, you know, you want to have easy access to the freeway, great. If you want to, you know, I, I cover it a little bit later on too, but, uh, you know, figure out exactly where you want to be and then go to that point and, and just make sure that you stay in that area if, you, if that's what you're going to do. If you find that you can't find the home you, you want in that area, then you start adjusting that. But figure out where you want to live and, you know, drive around it, feel comfortable in it know what it's about and what goes on there and, and, and continue to, you know, look in that area and see if you can find a home. Second thing that I think ranks right up there with number one, it's talk to a loan expert. And I talked about it just, you know, a second ago, talk to a loan expert and see what you can really know exactly what you can financially afford. And that's just not talking about the homes. That's talking about the payments, the interest rate, the, uh, you know, the, uh, yearly, the yearly taxes that you're going to get, the homeowner homeowner um, association fees, things like that. Don't just look at the value of the house. Figure out all they can help you with that. Figure out everything that um, that you want to make sure that is included in the price or what your monthly payment's going to be, so you know without a doubt what you can afford. Third thing that's really important: research what important what's important to you. If you're uh, if you've got young kids and you you know you move you want to move into a new area or you've got to move into a new area, look and see, you know, probably the most important thing to you may be the school district. Figure out which school district you want to move into. Or if you don't have kids and you're buying your first home and, you know, you're going to have kids in a little bit, but you're still young enough that you like to go out every Friday and Saturday night, find an area that has, you know, choices that you like. You know, don't move to Anaheim Hills if you're, if you're looking for, you know, 10 different choices to go out to dinner for every night. Or to go and have drinks till midnight, two o'clock, because there's only a couple places that offer that option. Go, you know, South County or Irvine or something like that. But know what you're looking for and what you want, what you need to have to be happy, because you don't want to, you don't want to go someplace and, and think, oh yeah, this is gonna be great, and then realize that you can't, you can't do what you wanted to do, and you're unhappy with it. Um, number four, don't spend all your money on your down payments. That's probably the biggest one you get. Finding loans where you can put below 5% down, reserve some of that cash because you're going to, no matter what house you buy, you're going to want to make some improvements. And if you spend all your money, you're not going to be able to make those improvements. So don't don't go to the top of your market. Yeah, you want to get the best home you can possibly get, but reserve a little bit of money so that when you get in, you can paint a room, you can do some work to a bathroom if you want to, backyard, whatever you may be, but leave a little bit on the table so that you have that ability to do that. And then one of the most um, important but rarely reviewed, probably because they don't get the HOA documents until near the end, but know if there's an HOA in the, in the community where you're going to live and what its limitations will be. Probably some of the biggest problems you've got with that are if you happen to have recreational vehicles or toys or spouse drives a work vehicle and, the, and company logos are on the side, and it may be something the HOA won't allow you to park in your driveway. Believe it or not, it happens. 
or you can't have an RV sitting in front of your house for more than two days, something of that nature. So make sure that you research the HOA and, and have a re- talk to your realtor. They can help you out with that. And they can even do the research for you and make sure you know what, uh, what the restrictions are so that you're not getting into this blind. Um, well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it's been, hope it's been helpful to you. And, you know, hopefully the running realtor podcast brings you something every week. If not, you know, well, maybe there's another one out there for you. Hopefully, uh, you find it, but if you do have any questions or if you, or if you're, you know, you're looking for a home and you want to use a search tool, that's really helpful. I invite you to, um, to email me at josephlfairchild at gmail.com. You can also uh, text me at 714-883-1656, or you can go to my website at buyandochome.com and use our search tools, check the blog, do what you do what you need to do. And also, really quick before I take off, this weekend, April 29th and 30th, we're doing a doubleheader open house and at our listing at 7990 East Bower Road in Anaheim Hills. From on Saturday, it's going to be from one to four. On Sunday, it's going to be eleven to three, and the sellers have actually just reduced the price to seven hundred seventy-four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. And this is a great four-bedroom, three-bath home with twenty-two hundred forty-eight square feet in the East Hills community of Anaheim Hills. So it's a uh, great home, and I think a great opportunity for somebody to come in and buy. So again, hopefully you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to uh, oh. Yeah, I forgot. If you do have a question that you want to answer on this podcast at a later, later date, text me at 714-883-1656 and just hashtag Running Realtor Podcast or email it or even go onto Twitter and go to the or Facebook and go to the Running Realtor page and I'll try to answer it for you on one of the coming episodes. So thanks again. Have a good week and uh, talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.